The battle over Manuka honey is heating up. And amid Brexit and UK elections, we hear from farmers with mixed feelings about what their future holds. G'day, I'm Brett Worthington. Let's start today by digging into the battle within the grains industry that's broken out amid calls for greater transparency. Some want it to go as far as to force grain handlers into mandatory reporting of how much crop they have in stocks. Lobby group Grain Growers says it's looking at a number of ideas, including a grains stocks information scheme. General Manager David McEwan says the group has spoken to the Federal Agriculture Minister Barnaby Joyce about the prospect of mandatory stock disclosures. It's not a clear black and white whether there should be a stocks information scheme. Um, it, it really does come down to a lot of detail about whether a scheme can deliver real value for growers, um, which, which we believe uh, it may be able to. In Western Australia, the Pastoralists and Graziers Association has hit out at the proposal. PGA's Gary McGill says WA's predominantly export wheat, in, wheat industry would fail to benefit. We believe there is sufficient transparency. We believe that there is um, an ability for the grain grower, the wheat grower of Western Australia to make his very, very good individual grain marketing decisions. Staying in the West, the Minerals Council of Australia says a new upfront tax on iron ore miners isn't the way to repair the WA state budget. Premier Mark McGowan wants BHP and Rio Tinto to pay a 25 cent per tonne lease upfront instead of over many decades. But Minerals Council CEO Brendan Pearson says the proposal isn't feasible. Who's going to pay you know, a tax 10, 20 years in advance? I mean, that, does, that doesn't make sense. We're better off spending our time working on a fairer distribution of GST revenues than on this proposal. And I think the WA government is coming around to that view. The New Zealand government is continuing its efforts to trademark Manuka honey in a similar way to champagne and some cheeses. The Kiwis are undertaking a three-year study to produce a definition which could prevent Australian beekeepers from using the Maori word Manuka. John Rawcliffe is a spokesman for the unique Manuka factory, uh, a honey associa- factor honey association, rather, and it represents the bulk of New Zealand producers. It comes from the land and soil of New Zealand. That's quite clear in terms of exporting. Yes, there may be similar DNA structures, but it's very similar to if I take a, uh, a Chardonnay and plant that from Marlborough and take it over to the middle of Tasmania. It would be in a different soil, different climate, and it will produce a totally different flavour, taste, aromatic positioning and so forth. But Dr Shona Blair, a microbiologist and vice president of the New South Wales Apiarists Association, says rather than fighting, both sides of the ditch should work together. We've got that species and many other related ones here, more here in fact than the kiwis have. And our honey has the same level of activity or even higher in some cases and is just as good for its ability to kill superbugs. Now talk about a bad season. Not one but two pumpkin crops on the New South Wales northern tablelands have failed to produce a single vegetable. To make matters worse, thousands of pumpkins had been been growing for -for not-for-profit group Pathfinders to help feed the needy. CEO Alan Brennan says the first crop was decimated by a hailstorm. And then to reorganise ourselves to get the paddocks ploughed again. And we were late so we had to try and source some seedlings, pumpkin seedlings, which wasn't that easy because uh, farmers had already purchased a hell of a lot of those seedlings. You you can't beat nature. You've got to work with it. Okay, let's go global. Developers behind a robotic apple picker in California expect they'll be driving through Australian orchards in the next two years. The automated machine selects and selects a piece of fruit for the colour and then sucks it off the branches with a vacuum art. Abundant Robotics CEO Dan Steer says the aim of the prototype is to pick fruit just as consistently as people. In Victoria this past year, we're comparing the rate of damage that we saw with our machine, which was uh, 
uh, actually measured by the packing house at 1.8% to the human crew picking. And so that level is actually a little bit less than the, the amount of damage that they normally see from, uh, from people picking fruit. Let's keep this international flavour and finish in Northern Ireland where Brexit and the British elections are on most farmers' minds. Along the border, in some counties, almost 90% of farmer incomes come from subsidies. Farmer John Sheridan fears that Brexit will force farmers out of their industries, telling the BBC that will affect consumers. But people have got to understand that whatever you pay to farmers, that is reflected in the price of food at the checkout. And if we didn't get any payments. The public would probably be paying up to twice as much, 100% more uh, for their food. But nearby dairy and beef farmer Andrew Little sees it differently. All of his income last year came from EU subsidies, which he told the BBC he expects the British government will take over once Brexit happens. I think Brexit will be one of the best things that will ever happen in Britain. Uh, Sorry, we're not tied to the EU anymore. And as long as there's good trade deals done with the European Union and other countries throughout the world, we will be safe enough as long as the negotiations are done right. Only time will tell. And for today, that's Rural News.